everybody. This is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to the newest episode, episode 115 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. As you guys can possibly tell, I still don't have a voice. I am recording this on a Wednesday. I coached on a Saturday, Sunday of, uh, of last week, and I guess Saturday of last week and Sunday of this week. And, well... My voice isn't strong after it, you know, a lot of close matches, a lot of yelling, you know, a lot of verbal abuse on my students, the whole nine yards. It wasn't an easy tournament. They never are. You gotta, you gotta just yell at so many people, you know, yelling at the refs, yelling at the camera people. It's just, a, it, it's a nightmare, but obviously that's why my voice is not as strong as it normally is. So this won't be a super long intro. Uh, today we are going to be interviewing Logan Wayne. This was not a planned episode. Me and Logan were hanging out one day and said, we need to do some type of content. Let's do something. And so we decided on uh, recording a podcast. We decided to get it into the studio and record a podcast. Uh, we did have video with it, but it ended up not matching the voices very well because of who I had edit the podcast, edit the audio. They did it a little differently. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you will not get to see our beautiful faces. Well, you get to see Logan's beautiful face, but it'll just be a picture of him while the audio of this episode is going on. Uh, but that's all I have for you guys. Last little thing, actually, this is super cool. On the Patreon page, my dad and I did a free video. Um, so patreon.com slash I suck at BJJ. Uh, my dad and I did a free match breakdown between Keenan Cornelius and Eduardo Tellis. This is uh, a match breakdown just highlighting some defensive jujitsu ideas and uh, in kind of some turtle guards, some really fun stuff that we've been focused on. But I think what it really accomplishes is it will help you learn to watch jujitsu tape and not just watch for technique, watch for big ideas, watch for strategies, watch for uh, watch for principles. And I think that it would be really helpful. So I made it free on the Patreon page. So if you go to patreon.com slash I suck at BJJ uh, and just start scrolling down from right there, it'll give you some options if you want to sign up for the Patreon page, which you absolutely should if you do not already. Um, but if you hate me and you just like my free content, well, just scroll to the bottom. If you start to scroll, you'll notice the first video that you can click will be Keenan versus Eduardo Tellus. And this will just be free for the month of February. And uh, then we'll lock it away in the vault behind lock and key. Uh, and yeah, that's all I have. Let's jump right into this episode. I think you guys are really love uh, some of the discussion on training method and training ideas and how to teach people, especially uh, that me and Logan get into. These are the normal conversations that Logan and I usually get into is how we could teach more efficiently and effectively. That's why we started simplifying jujitsu together. That's why this is called, you know, teaching simple simplicity and teaching, right? This, the idea is that uh, it's not just getting people good at jujitsu. It's doing it as efficiently and effectively, right? And Logan is somebody that has been with me since I have been on this journey of trying to teach more efficiently and effectively. So our conversations are always really fun when we get to talk about jujitsu, which is most of what we talk about. Uh, I think you guys are going to like this one. Let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. Logan? How are you doing today? Oh man, where does I take a turn? Not too bad. <laughs> good, good. So, thought we could start out the podcast today. How are your ribs doing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're not too bad. Like, I have one that's still kind of like poking out way farther than I'm comfortable with. Uh huh. But not too bad. Like, it's one of those things. Like, I haven't had one of those happen in a long time. And then, boom, had it happen. It happened real bad. And uh, it takes a long time to get over it. It really does, man. I notice, like, for mine, you know, I've had two. You've had both, right? Both sides of your ribs. Both sides, tops, bottom. I just thought we could start with this because I think it might be helpful for some people. Just in researching those rib injuries, both of us have had them. A few other guys at the gym have had them. And I think it's a really common jiu-jitsu injury. And it's such a frustrating thing when we find a jiu-jitsu injury, though, that really nobody knows anything about. Yeah. There's not a lot of evidence that supports any way to get those things healed. 
people tell you time, but uh, for me, I've dealt with the same injury plus another one for almost a year at this point mm-hmm. and uh, just dealt with it off and on. So it's not, it's oh, yeah. not just time. Yeah, you're supposed to just adapt to it. Like, oh, you've got to go to the other side now or whatever. And it's like, no, you go to the doctor. Well, yeah, you just, you hurt your rib. Right, but what do I do for it? Like, is there a PT? Uh-huh. It's a pretty unique injury. I, I don't hear a lot about rib injuries from wrestlers. Uh huh. It's mostly just like jujitsu dudes. Yeah, that is true. I never really noticed that. It is something that, or at least I've never heard it from. Like, uh huh. I'm sure it happens, but when you look at it, when you look at the positions you're in and what probably causes those injuries, a lot of what I have found. And most people that will have had these injuries would probably say that this is what was happening is you're getting stacked or something. Your ribs are moving, right? Because you have floating ribs that are supposed to move. That is why they're floating ribs, right? They're not connected to your sternum. So when we inhale, when we exhale, they're supposed to get some movement. When you are being stacked, when you're being twisted, when you're doing something that puts them in a compromising position, and then you reach a lot of times, like with your hand or something like that, you engage your abs in a way that causes your cartilage to tear. Mm-hmm. And you have these sucky injuries, like we have these sucky, unhealable jujitsu injuries. When you think about it, that is a very jujitsu thing to put your ribs, your core in those positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody's stacked. So you're trying to push their hip back mm-hmm. the other way. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, too, uh, and this is just my person, not that everything isn't just my personal opinion. But uh, I really think, too, there's something to it in a sense that you can't just remake your game to not get stacked. I don't think that that's the best option. Because I was not your poor. Exactly, right? Because I tried that. I really did. I really did try to, because I was just dealing with the injuries so much, you start to think, what if I never get healthy? And so you go, well, I'll just build a game around this. I'll make sure that I can do stuff. And for most positions, you can. But what happened was... I also wasn't engaging my core in a certain way enough. I wasn't getting enough stretching. I wasn't getting enough movement. And it caused the second injury. It caused it on my other side. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you can't just change it up. It's kind of a grim way to start the podcast with the rib injuries. But I was just thinking about it. I was like, man, I wonder if Logan's rib feels like my rib does. Well, I mean, it's it's forced me to change my game. Like there for a while, I was chasing like the crucifix position when people turtle. It's like, oh, this is great. It played right into a lot of my game. And then I went with someone a little bit bigger than me. And that's when I sort of understood, oh, these happen for me when I get like wrung out like a rag. Mm-hmm. So somebody's trying to pull me off of that crucifix position while I'm like, uh huh. And I get twisted. You can twist it. Like, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Oh my God. Just that pop. Have you felt something or noticed anything that's helped it besides just rest? <laughs> it sounds silly, but like breathing exercises, like breath work, where I'm taking deep breaths and holding and like flexing those intercostals as wide as they can go and as tight as they can go, but like doing it slowly instead of like in the heat of the moment. Uh-huh. It's a little bit different than the Wim Hof stuff. Like I've been doing like longer holds and longer like contractions at the tops and bottoms of some of those holds just to like try to get more squeeze into it. That seems to help a little bit, but like uh, honestly the most uncomfortable thing about this at the moment is because of how I guess far out it's poked. I can only sleep on one side mm-hmm. and it's always putting pressure on it. It's like, oh my God, that's uncomfortable. And like when I'm rolling with people, I can feel it sort of catching on stuff. Yeah. Which is like, this is weird. It really is a weird injury. You know, I was talking to Ross about mine and we were just like kind of discussing the severity of it and stuff. And after I told him like, yeah, this is kind of what happened. And I was like, it, you know, it really popped. And I said, it was, it was so bad. Like I went, I think it was something like 19 days before I went a full day without it popping out. Like, completely moving and it would actually move in front of my other ribs mm-hmm. and uh, i'm telling him this story yeah i'm telling him this story and he's like uh what'd the doctor say and i was like what do you mean yeah who who's that i don't even know who that is. he's like i like i'm telling you this ross you're my doctor you know <laughs> you're one of my pro belts you know more than these guys right. you know you dude yeah. seriously yeah and so you know as we're talking about it i'm like uh yeah dude i just didn't Go to the doctor. Like, oh, you, you really should have. He's like, that sounds really bad. He's like, that's Has horrific. Yeah, he has. Okay. He has. That's why we're talking about it. And he actually suggested to me 
doing same thing, breathing exercises, but really focusing on the out of the breathing mm-hmm. exercises. And also how you, I think how you think about breathing exercises is important because when we think about, wait, I'm supposed to practice breathing. And people yeah. say that like, yeah, you're practicing breathing and breathing patterns, but you're also, you're strengthening your breathing muscles. We have muscles that are used primarily for oxygen, mm-hmm. which most people don't know this, but oxygen is really important for the human body. Okay. Like it, water. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. When it's combined with hydrogen. science kids. Um, but man. Okay. Well, this is, this is went off the rails. No, 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 no. <laughs> but yeah. So it's interesting. Like Rossing, like, did you go to the doctor? Dude, what doctor knows? Like I need a jujitsu specific doctor. So when I ripped my uh, rotator cuff, trying to go to like rehab somewhere, I tried a couple different places, but everybody was like, oh no, your shoulder's just going to kind of like be like this. Mm-hmm. I finally, luckily, like with our, our group, we have Nick Sanders and uh, I was able to kind of go to him and because he understood like what jujitsu is and what I was after, like, the rehab was slightly different. He understood like the goal. That makes a huge difference, yeah, right? Yeah, understood the perspective of what I was after. When you think about a lot of people in everyday life and this isn't like, I try to not just bash normal people on the show all the time, right? People that don't do jujitsu, right. but- Sometimes it's hard, right? Because they're bad. if you don't train jujitsu at this point, probably a bad person, right? And so, what do you know about yourself in life? <laughs> exactly. And so, I think it's just one of those things that you kind of have to be your own doctor. It's so hard because most people, when they're going to the doctor, it's kind of like this: I have a stomach ache, and the doctor goes, "Well, let me cure your stomach ache." They don't say, "Hey." you are not able to eat these certain foods. It's not a good idea to be eating these foods. They say, how about we just give you something for you? How about some Tums, right? That's usually when you're going to, and that's not all doctors, right? But it's not a surprising thing when you go to a medical doctor to expect medicine, right? That's what they use to treat most of these things. Oh, here's some 800 milligram ibuprofen. Uh, This is better than the -the over-the-counter stuff. You're like, wait a second. No, it's not. I just take four of the over-counter thing. It's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like that's how you're treating my injury. And a lot of times that's how injuries are treated because if you think about it, they're not dealing with athletes. They're dealing with people whose goal is, hey, just let me get back to it. Hey, let me not be uncomfortable, right? For us, it's not that. It's not, hey, I'm uncomfortable. A lot of times it's I've accepted that I'm going to be uncomfortable forever, Mm -hmm. but – I would really love use of my arm. Yeah, I would really like to have mobility. <laughs> yeah, I would really like to be able to, when I grab somebody, if they just decide that they don't want my arm, want me holding them, that they can't just rip their arm away, right? right. And you see that rotator cuffs are a common one. There's so many common jujitsu injuries. Oh, nice. You got your ribs, rotator cuffs. I think your meniscus, everyone has a torn meniscus in jujitsu or two. Oh, yeah. Also, you get a lot of labrum tears in jujitsu because a lot of times this happens when people land like mm-hmm. uh, shoulder labrum tears, but even hip labrum tears you get. There's so many good jujitsu. There needs to be a jujitsu specific course for doctors. There's a hundred doctors that train at Kyle's gym. One of these guys needs to jump, like have a jujitsu specific yeah. practice uh, just to help anybody all. looking for their, you know, doctorate idea. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. So how's the gym going? You know, you uh, not everyone knows this. Who's listening, but uh, you run the Jerseyville Head Knot Gym. We run, yep, I'm the other gym. The other gym. Yeah. We are that gym and they are the other gym. Yeah. Well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Same gang, just different locations. It really is because there is, you know, that's something cool about having two schools is like you guys can, sometimes when we teach something, we're doing something really specific in the gym. It can suck because mm-hmm. I teach it and everyone gets to see it. Then if you have like a cross training team like we do, where you go, okay, well, we're going to be in Jerseyville this week, then our guys can try it and your guys can try the stuff that they've been working on people who are still teammates. So it's not like you're not feeling that like, oh, I'm going with the white belt and he might be in my division at this tournament or something. It's like, oh, I get to practice because this is still my teammate. But these people aren't learning the exact same things that I'm learning. And so it almost like... I don't know. It's fun. It's like, well, we get uh, to pressure test uh, stuff that we're trying. Yeah, it's like when you're trying to mix your stepkids, you know, your kids and your stepkids, yeah. and you're just like, yeah, fight each other, 
right? Because that's how most I just make babies fight. Yeah, that's how most of the parents should handle it, right? Is uh yeah, just have your kids for my love. <laughs> no, that's not right. Everybody loves no. You've been running Jerseyville for almost three years. Almost three years. What are some things about running a school that you didn't expect that like happened, whether positive or negative? Just some things that you didn't expect to happen or to notice or to benefit, whatever. Yeah. Not being so uh, rigid, like being able to be kind of dynamic in how I teach, like that's been a big lesson, like learned by me or for me is just like different people learn differently. So my teaching styles have to differ, like learning how to listen to people's questions and not just trying to hear what they're asking, but understand from their perspective and then trying to answer from their perspective. That was a new skill set that's been fun to develop. But as far as like business wise, man, public awareness. I've been in Jerseyville, the same location for three years. I have a certified Google page, like I'm on the maps, everything is as much as I can do. But like even three years, I just did a uh, women's self-defense class last night and like everybody basically said, I didn't even know this was here. <laughs> and I mean, I get it. Our moniker, our logo, like head nod, it, it doesn't really scream, like, uh-huh. oh, we do grappling here or we do jujitsu. So it's like, yeah, trying to decide, man, do I, how do you like raise the awareness and make I mean, it's a small community. It is. But it's like trying to stay involved and helping people get aware and want to try it. So let's just stay on that. Well, I want to put a pin on the teaching thing because that's something we could really dig into. Okay. When it comes to running a school, one of the best ways to like get students, this is the stupidest thing, is to have students. It is. It is. It's like people know about the gym and Granite City because we just have enough guys that yeah. live in Granite City. And so, well, this guy I went to high school trains there, so I know of it. He posts about it every day. You right. know, he's super annoying. I hate the guy, but he's always posting about it, so I know what it is, right. right? And so you get that enough. And so, like, really, for school owners, the battle, I really think, is breaking the first 60 students. Everybody I talk to, if they say the school's doing all right, they are right in that 30 to 60 range. And I ask them like, hey, how long have you been there? And then, uh, you know, I three years, four years, five years, six years even, and they get stuck there. But people that can break through, like once you get through like that 60, it seems like you're at 100. Sure. And uh, one of the worst parts with Jerseyville was that we were really, really – Close to 60. We were really close. We were right there and things were going good. And then the pandemic hit and that just really, you know, because it was right where it needed to be. Almost like it was right where it needed to be to be self-sustaining. Yeah, going into our two-year mark. like, cool, man. We're going to make it. Uh-huh. And it's like, of course, it's discouraging because you're like, man, we almost we were right there. But it's also encouraging because we were right there. We're like, we can do that again. We just have to figure it out. You know, it's going to be different this time but we're going to figure it out again. We figured it out twice before, really. And really, you were with me the whole time we were doing it, the original gym, you know, the the first gym. And so, yeah, we've done it two different times where we've broken that barrier. It's just the second time we broke that barrier, it was just not the most convenient time pandemic-wise. But I guess that's something that's to our advantage. You mentioned like being an affiliation. I'm not going at this alone. So it was nice having the infrastructure and I didn't have to like, freak out and we're like man am i still gonna have a gym after mm-hmm. this shuts down like in 90 days or 180 days yeah what's it gonna cost me to like open back up and try to reacquire students am i still gonna have students mm-hmm. it was nice like being part with you guys that it's like no matter what when we open back up we'll be able to open the doors and whatever students come back we'll have and then we can take the slow road back mm-hmm. we're not in a hurry yeah and that's man also, having a place that doesn't have ridiculous rent prevents you from not having to be in a hurry. Yeah. You know, both locations that we started, we started with really good rent. I really think that made a difference. I mean, I know for HQ, there's no way HQ would have been able to stay around. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, probably wouldn't have been able to stay around had we have not had cheap rent. If we had had like just even normal what most people pay for their jujitsu school. I think because it took so long to get to where we were making any money. We were always breaking even, but that we would have been losing money if we had 
two thousand dollars more of rent to pay. It's like cool. There's everything we just made. Mm-hmm. Man, that's such a battle. I just always think about that with school owners. And like, I think though, if you were a school owner right now, if you made it through and you have just survived the last two years, most likely you're gonna be good. You like when you come through tough times, when you have to survive through tough times, the whole idea of tough times make tough people. It's the same with businesses, tough times of business, the businesses that survived through the stock market crash and the housing market crashes. Those are the businesses that flourished because they made it through one of the toughest times. And even though it feels like now, like, man, it's just always a fight. We're always going to be losing. You get so much of that. You get discouraged. Yeah, you get discouraged. It feels like I'm working so hard on this and I'm just staying afloat, but you're also working so hard on it to stay afloat during a time that most businesses can't, you know? And so it's like, once you get that though, when it's time to start flourishing, you know, when winter is over, Mm -hmm. it's like, dude, I know how to survive winter. I can survive the spring easily, you know? I think that that's just such a big thing when it comes to gyms is like, we all battle it. You know, all of us school owners are like, is it me? Am I oh, cut yeah, out God. for it? Do how, you come, have... how come we're so stale? How come there haven't been a new student in a month? <sighs> yeah. And it's maybe, like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. It's, maybe they hate me. Maybe everybody realized that I don't know not what I'm as, doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not as good as I'm supposed to. Not be. really. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Or do you make it too intense? Like for me, because it's a small town, it's a small gym, trying to make the bounds of like, making sure we're exclusively inclusive. Like you're always welcome to come try. Like you're always going to get a fair shake here, but you also have to be willing to like walk through the door, put the work in, like you'll get the fair shake, but it's also like, I mean, that is literally like the first class is the worst class. And for us too, I think this might differ from like a lot of other places is head nod jujitsu is not for everybody. And that's okay. When not everybody's our customer. One, if you come in and you are a jerk, if you have that mentality, honestly. And it's not funny jerk. It's like mean jerk. Yes. If you just come in and you do not have the vibe that we're looking for, honestly, for us, we would rather not have your money. It's more important to keep the team, the team to keep. Basically, this is how I look at it each time somebody comes in now because the gym's growing and people know about the gym now and they go, oh, well, I want to train there because there are good guys there. Mm-hmm. When I get that, my first thought is always, okay, are you going to help these good guys? Mm-hmm. Are you bringing something to the table or are you just taking? Because honestly, the main school, we're not, we're not like, hey, dude, we need your money. We're dying here. It's like we would much rather this place be cool than yeah. anything. We would much rather this place be the place that we want to be than anything. And it's not going to be that way if we're – Tiring everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah bring it, bringing in people that we don't like. And like people even feel desperate a lot when they start their school and every new person that walks through the door, like, I have to sign this person up. Even though this guy's a jerk, I'm going to give him a deal. Well, and, to be fair, some people aren't always afforded the same luxury of like course. you and I got. Mm-hmm. Like, of course. We had a lot of backing and support like through our team. A lot of people who go out on their own. It's like, man, I'm going to do whatever I can to get the dollar. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But that's also like you were saying, because we were lucky enough to have it the other way, like Jerseyville, I'm growing that from scratch, mm-hmm. right? I get to build the culture I want. I don't have to chase everybody that comes in and that is interested. I can be very selective because I want everyone to, who's there. Like I want everyone who starts to make it to Black Belt. That's, I know it's an unrealistic goal, but it's like, that's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about like school advice for people and stuff. And I really think one of the biggest things is... Building a great school is a slow game. Yeah. You know, it just... If you want it to last. Yeah. I would say really try to not put yourself in a situation where it has to be successful financially immediately because then you're going to have to compromise on things you don't want to compromise on, right? You're going to have to teach classes you don't want to teach. You're probably even, you know, like... I see people that don't really to the machine. Exactly. Right. It's not fun. And they're like, they're doing certain types of kids classes and they don't enjoy being around kids. They don't enjoy doing that. And it's like, okay, well, wasn't the whole point of starting a jujitsu school to do something that you enjoy. (laughs) And so if you're compromising saying, well, I'm, I'm going to just do things that I don't enjoy to make money. Well, you could 
do that any, anywhere. You could yeah. do that anywhere else and you could probably make way more money. Yeah, that's <laughs> job, right? yeah. And uh, I just think for people, I think that the idea of going in as a, uh, like a long game. Yeah. I want to build, I want to hang out with everybody that's at my gym. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't have friends that don't do jujitsu. Like, but, I mean, that's just because not that people that don't do jujitsu aren't cool. It's just I don't have time for hobby creep. Like, I'm very single-minded in my approach. I didn't used to be. Like, I used to do all kinds of other things. But it's like, you know, like you, we've talked about it before. You have people who get the black belt and all that stuff. Like, they're slightly obsessive about this. Of course. But they're also slightly obsessive about anything else. Like, I just happen to find my drug is jujitsu mm-hmm. versus, like, you know, running or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... This is just what I want to do. Yeah, I completely agree. Everybody that does jujitsu that I know that does it at a high level and is, you know, it's a black belt or even close. You have to be a little obsessive. I don't know how you can do it without being, I mean, maybe if you're just a very, very structured person and you go to your two days a week for a long enough time, maybe, but you almost still have to be obsessed. It's, it's a passion. I mean, yeah. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's hard not to like try to overly poetic about it, but it, I mean, it is an art. It's something to like, it's an expression of self. It's a chance to be creative. Once you understand the constraints, like, okay, how does this all work? Now I can play with it. Mm-hmm. It takes a while to get there. But man, once you kind of like start crossing that barrier, it's like, okay, this is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And it's like those weird plateaus. You keep like bumping up and up and up. Uh-huh. Yeah. I noticed that too, as, as a teacher with plateaus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just... You kind of mentioned that like when you were talking about things that you didn't kind of expect to learn is the idea of not being so rigid as a coach. I think that that is one of the most important lessons is that there's nothing wrong with curriculum, but if the curriculum is more important than the learning, then it it's not helpful, right? right because it's Yeah, it's like for a lot of people, well, we have a structured curriculum and this is what we want these people to know. But you may have different people. They may need to know different things. And they may, what I consider a basic idea of jujitsu may not work for them at all. Physically, there may be no chance that they could ever do that. The new guy is five foot three. And I'm showing him a triangle because I say this is important for jujitsu. When is this guy ever going to use a triangle? In the kid's class? Yeah. That's like the only time, right? And so... Why don't I show him the omoplata instead? It carries a lot of the same principles. We can set it up from almost all the same positions plus more, and he can do it in his size, right? Yeah. So if we're too rigid with our teaching, you're not, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't make exceptions. You can't help other people, you know? Right. Everybody thinks differently. Everybody, like, art's different. Yeah, people can, like, fake art, copy stuff like that. Agreed. Uh, I can look at a move and understand the principles and probably apply it. But, like, for me, the way I think of jiu-jitsu, everything's, like, plug-and-play. So the way I teach it is slightly different than you, of course, but it's some of the same principles. Like, position before submission. Great concept, awesome principle. But how do you teach that? Do you teach the submission and then go backwards? You know, Mm -hmm. for me, it's always, because I was a smaller person, all right, if I can teach you how to control a bigger person, everything else will manifest from it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, cool, let's get you to understand how to control first. And then you can understand, like, oh, these little techniques, the the finishes, those I can pick off the shelf and put into my game and snap them in as needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of the cool thing. Like as a as you build into competition, you can take those and snap them into your game and be like, oh, those didn't work. Reverse it and try something else in it. You know? Yeah. And for me, that's been a, a really cool way to like think and teach because, you know, my female students are going to think of jujitsu completely different than like a male student who's 170 pounds versus me at 150 pounds. Like mm-hmm. body styles length, like you're saying. It's and old like I'm 40 years old. My knees don't work the same. I don't necessarily go for triangles all the time. But because I understand how triangles work, where they work into positions, I can teach them to other people, or I can apply the principles in my own game to transition to get other places. Uh-huh. At one, I think separating teacher and coach, I think are really important. I think they can be really helpful for people. So we're like, when, when we're talking about this, we're talking about teaching, you know, we're really yeah, transitioning like tribal knowledge, knowledge that's in my head to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea too, of it being tribal knowledge is how you build a system. That's where like systems come from in jujitsu. They don't come from somebody usually, unless the person is incredibly intelligent and incredibly good. Like you could sit down and analytically figure out a system. You could do it from watching enough tape. You could do that. 
but most systems come from really simple ideas and they start with just teaching enough people it. So let's say if I just teach five guys something at the gym, I could probably get away with doing it with three guys. If I teach three guys something at the gym, six months later, everyone will do it. It's always how it is at our gym. And the reason is because what I teach fits into what the, the grand plan of what I always teach. I don't teach all of jujitsu. There's no way that I can teach every jujitsu move, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of like criteria for what I teach. My biggest thing is, does it prove a principle? You know, that's like the biggest, does it prove a concept? Does it prove an idea for people? Because then I want to relate a few other moves that prove the same principle. And this allows you to pack four or five techniques, six techniques, 10 techniques, even just a whole idea that's not even techniques into like 30 seconds of learning. For example, the idea of crowding when it comes to passing the guard. We're talking about this. One of the guys were asking, asking about leg drag yesterday. And they already understand we talk about crowding all the time. Every passing that is outside, like a Toriando pass, leg drag, every passing that goes around the guard, we talk about crowding the hips, crowding the shoulders, okay? And so for him, every question that he asked, I was able to answer in like 15 seconds. Well, you know about crowding, right? We all talk about it all the time. We have this principle. principle yeah. Well, let's look at how this pass proves crowding works, right? And then let's look how we can apply crowding to that, right? And that makes teaching so much easier is having that tribal idea that like, we all know how to do this. There are certain positions that we all consider really important. I won't start naming them off because, you know, we don't want our guys the to, secrets. yeah, we don't want to reveal the secrets, but there are certain positions that, I mean, every single, you could fight me at black belt adult, or you could fight one of our one year white belts. And most likely there are certain positions that we will do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I hope that I'm doing it better than the one year white belt, but we will do the exact same thing. And, uh, you know, like we just put them as part of your system. You can only do that if you kind of have a general system or a general way of teaching. Let me ask you this question. Uh -huh. Do you teach nuance or do you teach broadly? I teach like, so, you know, understanding the difference between like coaching and teaching, right? Uh -huh. So like if I'm coaching I'm, or teaching, I'm trying to think of like, here's the big picture. We're painting a mountain. Uh -huh. But when it comes to coaching, I'm trying to teach the person specifically to them the nuance of like, okay, the way you paint, you want to find in the shadows this way for you specifically. Uh -huh. So this is how I separate. This is how I've been doing it lately. So let's start with teaching. I'm going to teach to the general class, okay? There's going to be 40 people tonight. I'm going to teach them all something. We're looking at leg lock defense, but let's say we're not. Let's look at something that I think is, I think passing is one of the easiest to explain how sure. you're doing it. Okay. So what I look for. All right, guys, just wanted to take one second and tell you about a really exciting deal that we have going on at simplifyingjujitsu.com. This month, for the month of February, actually, for my dad's birthday, we are doing a 40% off of the original price for train until 60 and beyond. This is an instructional that simplifyingjujitsu.com put together with black belt, 60 year old black belt at the time, but now 62 year old black. No, belt. one. Oh, 61 year old. Tomorrow, as of this episode coming out, as of this commercial coming out, 62 year old black belt, Steve McKinney. Steve, what will we learn in train until 60 and beyond? Okay, so the first thing we're gonna learn is that I'm 61, not 62. That's the first <laughs> thing we're gonna learn. And then you're gonna rush that. I don't wanna rush that. But here's the thing, uh, uh, it's how to train as you get older. And the biggest issue that I see is people will tell me, hey, I wanna be able to train like you when you're older. And then I look at their training now, and I'm like, if you're gonna train um, like you're training now, you're not gonna be able to train as you get older. You have to make those adjustments and understand basically advanced fundamentals is really what you're looking at. And to be able to do those things in a safe manner, in a controlled fashion, um, and use more technique and not as much strength and athleticism because you're going to lose that. That's really, you're going to learn those things.
And how many, how many techniques, how many moves will they learn that work for 60 plus year olds? Every one of them work. That's why I did them. Every, every, what, how many did we have on there? 60? I think 60. we ended up with 57 techniques and six strategies or something like that. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, we are, uh, we end up with a ton of content on that. Uh, definitely more content than you guys have, you know, time left, right? Well, and I did, ha I still do have people who use that and still, I have contact with them, you know, um, and they use those those things. So I still, you know, refer people to that. It's a it's a it's a legit, you know, it's a legit course. It is an excellent course. Thank you for telling us a little bit about it. So this deal will be going on until March first. You'll use promo code Old Man at checkout, and you can of course find it at simplifyingjujitsu.com along with all of your other jujitsu instructional needs. is what I would consider a skill that I want the team to develop. Cause I'm trying to look at the team as a whole. And I say, Hey, there are, I was watching open mat the other day and I've been injured like quite a bit this year. So I've gotten to watch more of my students rolling. I generally roll with my guys like every class, but I've been able to watch people roll, which has been really nice too. But I notice these general ideas when it comes to like specific jujitsu skills. And the one of my favorite ones is easy to point out is how much movement black belts are willing to make with their legs when guard passing versus white belts. The amount of angles that you create really is important to success in guard passing. How do you create angles? You take steps. People are so ungodly afraid to take steps. And I'm not saying they're afraid to Toriando pass. They're afraid to leg drag. They're afraid. No, they're just afraid to walk. They're cool with gripping. They're cool with the grip. I just don't know if they understand. They don't, right? So what do I do? I focus. I say, okay, guys, tonight, and I really like to start with a single intention of class. Tonight, and I stole this from Chris, yeah. uh, uh, Pains. And so tonight, we are going to get better at guard passing. This is the skill. Watch any tournament. Black belts walk around. When they are standing guard passing, their feet do not just stay rigid. Their legs don't stay rigid. They move from side to side. They feel comfortable taking steps. We're going to look at three different guard passes today that all require you to take steps. I don't care if you do not get the hand placement perfect. Mm -hmm. You do not get anything else perfect. Our skill that we are developing this week is taking steps around the guard. A significant difference between white and black belts but for our white belts, we'll be able to do it. Even though we won't understand the grips nuances as well, we're going to be able to, there's a big, right? There's a big skill that's separating them and it's not a technique. So I just need three techniques, five techniques, even one technique that shows the principle in action, that shows the idea. And then that's what we work. That's what we focus on all my questions now, because as a coach, I've stopped almost, there are some guys that like, me to tell them what to do. Yeah. Do this. Got it. Yes, coach. Guys that wrestled before love that. Yeah. They would much rather just me tell them. I prefer to only ask questions as a coach. What have you been doing with your training? Yeah. How much have you been training? Have you been focused on anything? Why aren't you focused on taking steps from guard? Mm -hmm. do, have you been passing people? No. Why not? Is it that skill that we've been trying to develop? Hey, maybe it is. Okay. Focus on that, right? So as a coach, really my job comes at 7 p.m. after class is ended as a coach, in my opinion. I'm a teacher the whole time, and I'm just trying to get you to develop that skill. Now we're at the end of class, and I start to look for people. Hey, this dude needs something. Hey, come here. Uh, usually it's not even technique. Hey, you haven't been consistent in class. Where have you been at? Are you wanting to compete this year? Are you wanting to get after? Are you wanting to help, your, help the team this year? Okay, then I'll see you at class. And just that. That's coaching, in my opinion. Like that's, and it's one of the most important things because those guys go, man, Josh got on me tonight. He wasn't mean about it, but he just, right. Josh doesn't get on any of us. He's saying, you know, he lets us just do whatever, right? And it's like, oh, he, he said, I'm not being, I need to be consistent. Like you can do whatever else you want, but if you're not being consistent, you're not going to get better. And so that's a big thing as a coach. Or I'm looking specifically and I'm saying, hey, and I'll like do it in private. Hey, there's this new concept I'm thinking of like a new pacing idea. So that's what I did. Like I'm doing like the blitzing episode and the uh, 
prevent episode next. I did like a blitzing pacing episode uh, just recently. And what I did for it was I told a few guys at the gym about it. And I said, hey, go try it on these people. So it would be like, try it on this person who's better than you, who usually beats you, or try it on this person who's really even with you and see if you can significantly beat them using just pacing. No new techniques, just pacing. And then I would just watch. And those guys would successfully go in with a strategy and win. And then you can even go to the other guy and say, hey, eventually I'll tell them like, oh yeah, we've been using pacing against you. You need to learn this too. But just the little individual notes. It's not me sitting for 15 minutes and telling you how to pass the guard. It's just me saying, hey, your passing isn't very good. You need to choose some passes. You need to focus on them. You need to drill them. You need to spar them. Oh, okay. Every time we're in here, even if I'm saying, hey, I want you guys working this position, ask your partner, hey, are you cool with me just trying to pass the guard? Get your training in. I think that's a long answer, but that's like the that's my difference. That's how I teach. And it is my difference as a between like a teacher and a coach, right? I think a coach structures the class, a coach does all these other things, but a teacher really delivers you know, for me, yeah, covers the biggest thing to cover, make sure everyone gets a little something. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like all I'm I've just been really trying to be focused on one thing. Okay. All we're looking at today is how to when their hips are facing us on the guard pass. We're just going to look at getting their hips to face away from us or face up, right? So we can finish our guard pass. Something really simple like that, because I feel like those things you can teach and people can put them in the game. They're in their game in sparring that night. If you drill them correctly and if you slowly like you make sure sparring. People, and you make sure people understand like that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing as a, as, a, as a coach, as I'm taking in new data and learning new stuff about how like my jiu-jitsu works for me or these, like, these concepts work. I can mildly adjust and be like, hey man, let me try explaining this. Like when I'm passing, like I'm just trying to get my closest hip to your closest hip, and then you can't like get your knee back in. Just think of that while you're falling off. Mm-hmm. You know, just simple structures or concepts that way. And when you have that, then I say, Coach Logan, I'm having a problem. Professor Logan, Mr. <laughs> Sensei Logan. <laughs> I'm having a problem. I'm having a problem finishing the guard. Usually I'll say, I'm having a problem with my knee cut. It'll be really specific. Sure. And, oh, God, those are the greatest. Right? You're so stuck in the moment. It's like, come on, man, back up. And you'll say, well, are you getting your hips on their hips? And I'll go, huh? well, and then you'll go, right? That's why I've been highlighting this for months mm-hmm. is because it's the answer. And you just need to figure that out. Then it clicks a second time and they go, oh, yeah. oh, hips on hips. And then the best proof of this concept in action is then when you had done that and you helped me fix my game and then we have a new white belt in that's trying to learn to pass the guard and I go, yeah, uh, you got to get your hip on top of his hip. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, Logan, Logan, yeah, sure, you yeah. try to yeah, do, do it like this. And then it goes that principle and that idea that we feel applies to a lot of jujitsu. It's then spread even more. And then like hopefully – that person keeps it all the way till black belt and develops it even more. And they find out, oh, it's not just that this, it, you can add this to it and it makes it even better. It makes it even easier. And you go, oh man, that's awesome. They developed even more. Uh, the other thing I, I kind of went back up on just for like people listening, their students, because like I do the same thing you do. Like I'll ask people, so like, what are you working on? This uh-huh. And the first time you did that to me, it kind of freaked me. I was like, man, well, I don't know. I was signing for a pop quiz today. <laughs> Shit. For me, when I'm asking, it isn't so much like, it's kind of to make sure like you're thinking in abstract like about your jujitsu too like what else can I do to like grow make sure you're being an active participant but like for me as a coach it's like if you are trying to apply something am I seeing you apply it can I help you apply it better Mm -hmm. or if you're not able to apply it why is there something we need to transition or like that's like throw away a technique because there are different concepts that you need to like apply to make it work for you like you know it's a for us as you get through the belts like it's not so much learning uh jujitsu it's more about like how can i be better at, at teaching or make myself better or you better it's like learning and, and accumulating like all these cool little like tidbits mm-hmm. it stops I, I think too this is just me this is like stuff that i think about when i'm in the shower or when i'm in the woods and just like by myself and my phone dies i don't have any music mm-hmm. so i'm just thinking about jujitsu right something that's interesting about jujitsu now is we're in a completely different age of jiu-jitsu. 
because technique eight years ago, literally eight years ago, even in 2014, let's say even 2012, 10 years ago, it was so much harder to find and it was so less innovative. Yeah, it, was, it was all about accumulation of technique for knowledge, not practical application. And you think about it, even if, if you sent back somebody who was very smart to look and try to build systems of jujitsu, it would be way harder, right? Because if there's a hole, it is now your job to figure out that hole. And you don't even know where there's a hole you don't know what you're at, right? Yeah, yeah. For example, like then, if we were going to try to become good X-Guard players, there might have been an X-Guard DVD. One. Maybe. Maybe then, not yet. Dude, right? submissions 101 back in the day? And yeah. so, yeah, and you look at those, like, you look at what technique, and that's why there is still a negative connotation to YouTube techniques. And there's still yeah. like, oh, yeah, you can't learn as much from instructionals and stuff. Dude, instructionals are so good now. They're so much better than they have ever been. People understand them. So the technique is a problem. And like, that's always been the problem that we've all focused on solving. We've got to get better technique. We've got to get a better understanding of these techniques. We need more innovative techniques, right? We need better systems of techniques. But we're getting to a point where there's a lot of techniques. Mm -hmm. It's not just about having the information. It's more about applying the information. It's more about saying, okay, we have a ton of stuff. We have a million moves. Do we need them? Or do we need, do we need a hundred? You can't apply them all at once. Right? And so how many do we need? How many do we need to create people to accomplish the goal of getting good at jujitsu? Because that is the goal when we are teaching Regardless of if you want to be a competitor, if you want to do self-defense, if you're a police officer, if you're trying to lose weight, the primary goal is always to get better at jujitsu because that is the only thing that will keep you there, right, is that constant progression. And so for us, when we're trying to get better at jujitsu, we're trying to focus on getting people better at jujitsu, I just think it's going to be really important in the future to stop thinking only about we need more to teach these guys more techniques. It's like I was talking to one of the guys or one of the purple belts, and he was talking about trying to win master worlds. Uh, it's actually not one of my purple belts. It's one of uh, my coaches. And he said- yeah, um, A purple belt. Yes, A purple belt. And so he says, yeah, I need to add this guard, and then I need to add this guard, and then I need to get better at this guard. Okay, so it was three. It wasn't like guard retention, right? It wasn't a skill. It was, it was three different techniques, right? And, and so I just asked the same guy right after he said that. I go, so do you think with the techniques that you had now, if you were in better shape and you, I look without adding any techniques, do you think you know enough techniques to win master worlds? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. And I go, so why are you focused on adding more techniques? If you have enough to win or you feel like you're very close mm -hmm. Why not focus on the other things, right? And I think that it's because not people haven't started to think about jujitsu as other things. I read, uh, read in quotes, listened to an audiobook. Oh, you know, yeah, great. I two thousand twenty well read too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm two thousand twenty. I two thousand twenty two read, read book. and he talks about all of his matches, and he talks in a lot of detail about them. And he used one idea the entire time, and it was get my opponent tired. That was the idea. It didn't matter what else was going on. As he starts to develop as a grappler, it's not about, well, I was just, my arm bar was just so good. It was unstoppable. It was about, he got tired in minute eight and then I arm barred him. Mm -hmm. I wore him out. You know, I could tell he was going too hard. I could tell he was breathing too heavy. I could tell he wasn't going hard enough. So I started to push mm -hmm. the pace on him and I knew I could keep this pace and I knew he couldn't. And then you go, okay. Let's say that this guy at the time was one of the greatest martial artists, right? Let's say he's beating all these people. He did not talk a single bit about technique development. It, I know that that made other people at the time go, well, that's how we'll beat him. We'll have better technique development. Well, then that golden age of technique started to happen. And now you can learn anything on BGJ Fanatics. Yeah, the specialties and all that stuff. And I get it. Like some of the stuff. Like Okay, there's a counter to a counter to a counter, and it's all about like the chess game. Who gets there first? It's Occam's razor. Like you know, the, the simplest answer is always the right answer. For me, and maybe this is overly simplistic, but like to get someone good at jujitsu, 
I just need to understand like what's something you understand as far as like a technique, something that like if I'm going backwards, for me it was okay, I was good at arm bars. So the application for jujitsu is I have to get to an arm bar. So it's I have to get around the like how do I make it get to work for me? Mm-hmm. And once like I understood that my coach was able to apply, oh well I can teach you because you're always trying for that. Mm-hmm. That's a reason. Mm-hmm. The end goal method is some people call it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can't work. And not everybody thinks that way. Like, didactic, like, understanding eight top person, bottom person, like, brand new people. <laughs> I got a couple, I got, like, two brand new people, like, just helping them understand, like, what do I want to do? Cool. Like, you just want to get around the legs. It doesn't matter how. Like, you don't need a technique. Like, just get around the legs. Let me ask you something. Do you notice a negative vibe from coaches? I wouldn't say a lot of coaches. So let's just say some coaches. When, if you talk to them about stuff like this, when you hear them being talked to about ideas of that, we could be training jujitsu differently. Oh yeah. Everybody's kind of like, they think they've got their own special sauce. And I don't mean that like, like in a negative way. I just mean like, I learned it a certain way. It worked for me. It'll work for you this way too. Mm -hmm. I'm a person that has learned very differently. Like, uh, going through school, it was always hard for me to learn from a teacher. I always had to like essentially teach myself. I had to learn something backwards. So yeah, we all make fun of YouTube, but like when we were coming up, there wasn't schools I could go to. I watched YouTube videos and kind of worked my way back into, okay, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I think of it differently, but then like getting formal training and learning how to do it this other way. And it's like, cool. I kind of have a unique perspective. I can see it both ways now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, why do you think that people don't like that it could be it's different? Yeah. It, I, different scary to people because they don't know it. Like, I don't think that way. So what if you have something that's always going to beat what I have because I'm too rigid in my thought? Like, I'm not going to be willing to like learn something. Dude, you can learn something from anybody. I'm not like super great at anything, but I fancy myself a, a constant learner. Like if I can learn something from anyone and apply it to anything that I'm after it, like, Life experience, it's different. Like, your perspective in life is different than mine. You're kind of coming up differently. I came up, you know, know I mean, perspective plays a huge difference in learning and problem solving. And that's what jujitsu is to me, is like problem solving in real time. Mm -hmm. And I want to have as many unique perspectives as possible. As far as like why people can't open their mind to it, that does baffle me a little bit, but I understand it. Like, at certain points, people just get stuck in their way of thought, right? It, this is the way it's always been, so this is the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, but why? Well, and that's scary. And not only that, is it wrong to think that after 14 years of training, maybe you're better than your purple belt coach was when he just started and he was teaching you what you originally learned? So to go in and say, my coach taught me this way when he didn't know any better because it was the way he was taught. So you must learn this way because anytime you hear about how do you get better at jujitsu faster? Don't ask that. You just got to be on the mat longer. How do I get to my next belt? Don't ever ask that. You just got to be on the mat, right? And the idea is, yes, of course, without consistency, no innovative idea is going to matter in jujitsu. Well, you You will be able to apply it. Yeah, you have to be consistent. But to say that that is all that it takes to get a black belt is that like, all you need is like, well, just show up for 12 years straight and you'll be good, right? It's like, well, what if you could be good in four years? You know, what if you could be, because you're not allowed to ask that though. Well, so like BJ Penn, right? The prodigy. Black belt mode, three years, four years? I think it was actually five, but he trained officially at a school for three. He trained like, right, right, like still how we yeah, how we all trained for two years in garage. You know what I mean? Right. Like he just trained. But what what made him different? Like it wasn't athleticism. I don't think it was just like could could have been I mean, some people just get it. But do they get it or do they get it differently? Like, oh, I get what you're saying, but I can apply. Like, he was mm-hmm. an innovator in a different way. He really he took was. Like the, he took what the old rigidness was and then innovated it to be like a little more free flow, a little mm-hmm. more free form. Like, he came up with different concepts, like the sit pass. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, they had stuff like that, but it was like you tuck back through that. And he's like, nah, he just. He really, especially because 
you know, he hasn't been the greatest role model lately. No, I mean, uh, that was a weird grab. It's like, I couldn't think of anyone that was like. But I think that's just a little, like, he was really cool. You yeah. know, he really was innovative in jujitsu. If you look at some of his old, like he had a BJ Penn jujitsu book and mm-hmm. it's like oh, typical okay. technique book, pictures of stuff. But I remember being a blue belt and being an adult competitive blue belt and learning really like going back to that book and going, oh my gosh, that's what I should be doing from the Omoplata. And that's what I should be doing from this position. And that's how I should. And it was like such good stuff that no one was really showing. Yeah. I mean, and that's the other thing. Someone has to be the first, right? Uh-huh. That's always the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. But until precedent said, I mean, nothing, no innovation happens. Everybody will stick with the status quo until somebody goes, uh, I think I can do that better or mm-hmm. different or apply it slightly. And if you look at innovation, it usually doesn't come linearly. No, it's, it's not a necessity. And it's usually random. It's usually, hey, these guys innovated 10 years ago and it made this change. But at the time, 10 years ago, everyone was like, yeah, these guys are idiots. What are they doing? They don't know what they're doing. And they didn't know what they were doing, mm-hmm. right? They weren't going, hey, this is how we're going to get where we want to be in 10 years. They said, this is where we want to be in 10 years. We're going to figure out a way to get there, yeah. you know? And everybody gives little pieces. You look at like some of the concepts and ideas that I talk about on the podcast, very, very few of them were like, me sitting down and thinking through something. Most of the time it's from conversations where it's me and you or just people on the mats talking. We're just all talking about stuff and you're just pulling out little notes and you're going, yeah, that is true. Yeah, we used to train like that and it did seem to be helpful. I wonder if we could kind of like reverse engineer that. I wonder if we should just bring that training back, right? And uh, just having an open mind is going to be the only way that there is innovation in jujitsu. (laughs) <laughs> you can't innovate on Southern Bible. I mean, if you run in the same problem, you're trying to do solve with the same solution, but it's not working. Like that, that is literally insanity. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Adapt or die. I think that that is a, I think that's good. We're at about 55 minutes. Perfect. Let's go with this. Finishing with a new question. Okay. It's no longer how do you suck less at jujitsu because we had a hundred people answer that, right. right? So now. What's some of the best, it doesn't have to be the best, but some of the best jujitsu related advice that you've ever gotten? Don't give up. I mean, like if it's worth it, it's worth it for a reason. If it was worth it at one point, like if someone who quit and came back, if something's worth it, you'll find a way to make it work. So it's like, just don't, don't give up. Like that's as silly as it sounds, like stay on the mats. They're good people there. They always want the best thing for you. And shouldn't try to like run away from that. When you say don't give up, do you have for someone who feels regard, let's just say don't give up. Let's just keep it at that term for someone who feels like they are wanting to give up, regardless of if it's jujitsu, it's just something. Mm -hmm. And let's say something that they should not give up on. And a lot of times you know that, you know, it's hard, but you do. You know that you want it. You know that you need it. You know, right? Do you have any tips for somebody who, who is feeling that? Like usually, you feel wore out when you want to give something up. You know? Yeah, you're tired or you're not progressing. Man, it can be a grind. And in mental health, it's referred to as framing. Like, man, I got to go train tonight. Man, that that shit gets to be a drag. I tell my grandma myself down the first time. Like, I got to be harder. I got to be faster. I got to be stronger. Like, I'm gonna go till I can't go no more. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, you get tired, you wore out, and it's no fun. And framing-wise, it's like, I don't have to do jujitsu. I get to. It's an amazing thing. Like I get to hang out with people that want to be there, that are trying to better themselves. Who doesn't want to be around that, like, that kind of positive energy? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can psych yourself out. It's way easier to stay home. It's not as fun. You're going to feel so much better after that class. Like, yeah, your lungs are going to burn. You're going to feel like, fuck, I almost died. But you didn't die. You tested yourself way harder than any of your like dirtbag friends that don't do jujitsu. <laughs> and you learned more about yourself in that moment. Like, you know, lungs burning, arms tired, feeling like you were going to die. But you did that with people that like care about you and genuinely wanted you there. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, you, you become a stranger and it's weird coming back. Man, like a goal like that, even if it's worth it, like it's not going to make you a, a worse person by trying to like stay on the mat like it's just about balance like don't do it to a point where you just like 
it makes you tired where you think about it like you have to. You don't have to, man. You got to make it like you want to. Mm-hmm. Competition-wise, like, yeah, I don't want to be nervous when I compete. Cool. Go have some fun. Just focus on that. Win or lose, like, make sure it's fun in your head. Mm-hmm. Just like jujitsu. I'm going to go hang out with friends. I get to go murder, death, kill with people. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow I'll be sore, but I'll get to do it again. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you want? Like, do you want the easy way or do you want to know, like, about yourself, where you're going and where you've been? Like, you can draw from that. That's so important. Like, knowing who you are as a person at your core, that's what you're going to learn, whether it's you dedicate yourself to jujitsu or whatever you're passionate about. That's good. That's really good. I love it. Focus on fun, too, man. That's, like, focus on enjoying it. Dude, life, life can grind you down. I can suck. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do shit that makes me, like, hate what I'm doing. Yeah. Nah. Why? Yeah. Why do people, you know, like, I get the pressure. I get that. Yeah. But you've got to get out of that. When it comes to training and jujitsu, you do need to look forward to it. Because if you're not looking forward to jujitsu, what are you looking forward to? You know what I mean? Like, in all honesty, if you work all day and maybe you do just love your job, but then if you had this, like, really cool maybe hobby like job i would assume that you're probably not doing you know what i mean you're probably not doing a ton of jujitsu right it's right. probably hard but let's say that you work eight hours and then you have one hour jujitsu class and then you go home and eat like what are you looking forward to you know you have something really cool that's unique that most people will never get to do i mean what are you gonna spend your time doing you're gonna go home and watch a tv show like a guy once told me like use your time to better yourself otherwise it's a waste like, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're going to go home. You're going to, like, eat more food. You're going to watch more TV. You're going to consume more social media. You're going to watch YouTube. Well, how are you making a positive impact on the world around you? Like, mm-hmm. man, get out. Make a difference. Do something. Like, don't sit on your ass. <laughs> Life's too short, man. That's really good. I think that is that's a perfect, that. perfect yeah. place. All right, man. Thank you for being on the show. Later, YouTubes. If anybody wants to follow you on anything. I think uh, Instagram and Facebook, it's HeadNodTC. Uh-huh. You can find us there. I got some good people take care of. There's pictures on there for us. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I would recommend the follow on the on the new do. training center face or Instagram page. It's been fun lately. Yeah. It's been really good. I don't do the social media personally. It's just mostly for the gym. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you for being on. I'm sure that we'll do one of these next time you're off work on a Monday. Cool, man. All right. And that is the episode. Thank you guys for checking this one out. I always love getting to chat with my buddy Logan. Uh, It's always fun to do that. It's always fun to talk to any of my students on the podcast because I feel like I get to have a different style of conversation with my students that maybe some people would find helpful. Uh, If you... If you guys like episodes where it is with my, I call my suit, my coaches, really the people that coach, um, under me, uh, those are some of my favorite episodes to do because I would do those episodes in a normal week. Like I will have those one hour conversations with those coaches a lot of the time, you know, not just on the podcast. And so, uh, it's a little more organic. It's a little more random. Uh, but if you guys like those episodes, let me know. Uh, you can always email me, Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. You can email me with seminar in inquiries, man, that's a tough one. Uh, you can email me with sponsorship inquiries. Uh, it's not as hard when I say sponsorship. I don't know. It just flows out of the mouth better. Uh, but yeah, you can message me. Let me know if you like the show. Let me know if you hate the show. Let me know if there is uh, an idea that you have for the show. Again, that is Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Or you can message me on Instagram uh, at the Josh McKinney. And that's all I have for you guys today. I really, uh, really enjoyed getting to interview Logan. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I uh, hope that it was helpful for you guys, especially people that are coaching. I hope we gave you some, some different ideas on how to teach Or maybe if you want to teach one day, uh, it gave you some different ideas on how to teach uh, and how to communicate with people and how to coach. And uh, most of all, I hope that it helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu. You guys have a great day. Hey, uh, what are you guys still doing here? I don't really have any more content planned. Um... 
I guess I can tell you about some of the other cool stuff that I have going on. If you guys don't know, uh, I have a production company called simplifyingjujitsu.com. And we do once a month, a deal of the month through Simplify or through the Isaac Jujutsu show. That's exciting news, I guess. You could also go to simplifyingjujutsu.com and get my free ebook, Simplifying Jujutsu, where we break down the five essential positions of Brazilian Jujutsu. What that means is we make Jujutsu feel a lot smaller, feel like there is a lot less that you don't know. Uh, and that ebook only takes about an hour to read and there is a uh, audio copy of it too so if you go and put in your email you will get the ebook and you'll be able to listen to it on audio read to you in my best very white voice no it's really not it's just in my normal voice but read to you by me and uh, that will make you better at jiu-jitsu it also has some simple ideas some simple thoughts on training method right now i'm also in the middle of, please don't tell anybody, writing a brand new ebook called Understanding Jujutsu. And this is going to look at strategy. It's going to look at training method. It's going to basically look at everything that we talk on the podcast. And it's going to make a really, really understandable, digestible, simple version of this. This is going to just be like if you could compress all 112 episodes of the Isaac Jujutsu show into a book, into a very simple and easy to read and enjoyable to read book. Because of course, at Simplifying Jujutsu and on the Isaac Jujutsu show, we think fun first. And uh, that's what we're doing with this ebook. Uh, I don't have a date for when this ebook is going to come out. But it's funny because if you already have the simplifyingjujitsu.com email, besides Patreon listeners, you will be the first person to know about this specific book coming out. And so when it's out, you'll know about it. If you are on simplifyingjujitsu.com and you get on the email list by downloading your free copy of Simplifying Jujitsu, or if you're on the Patreon page, uh, you will also hear about it. So that's all I have for you guys today. Now, seriously, turn off the podcast. I don't have anything else to say.